Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Alifia Health second quarter 2020 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants' lines are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be an analyst question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference may be recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Mr. Nicholas Bergamini, Head of Investor Relations. Thank you. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you. Joining me on the call today are Alethea Health CEO Jeffrey Benick and CFO Benjamin Ferdinand. This morning, Alethea Health filed on CDAR its unaudited consolidated financial statements and notes thereto for the quarter ended June 30, 2020, and its associated management discussion and analysis. All comments to be made on this call today should be taken with reference to and are qualified in their entirety by those documents. Please note that this call contains forward-looking statements or information reflects the company's current expectation, estimates, projections, assumptions, and beliefs about future events and financial trends that they believe may affect the company's financial condition, results of operations, business strategy, and financial needs. By their nature, forward-looking statements involve known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other factors that may cause our actual results, performance, or achievements, or other future events to be materially different from any future events. Performance or achievements expressed or implied by such forward-looking statements. Given these risks and uncertainties, shareholders and prospective purchasers of the company's securities should not place any undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. Further, any forward-looking statements speak only as of the date on which such statement is made and, except as required by applicable law, the company undertakes no obligation to update any forward-looking statement to reflect events or circumstances after the date on which such statement is made. This call also contains non-IFRS financial performance measures, which the company believes provides users with relevant information regarding operations and performance. These measures are not recognized or defined under IFRS, and as a result, they may not be comparable to the data presented by other issuers. Jeffrey, over to you. Thank you, Nick, and thank you for joining us. Before Ben Ben walks us through some financial highlights in greater detail, I'll speak to some of our operational milestones and strategy moving forward. This quarter, we saw three major regulatory breakthroughs. Through the licensing of our 60-acre Port Perry outdoor cultivation expansion, our Paris extraction and packaging facility expansion, and our Niagara Greenhouse facility. The last two of these were absolutely essential and present major near-term opportunities. As we've discussed in our previous earning calls, production capacity and the loss of third-party supply remained a significant challenge for us which meant that the bulk of our revenue was generated from wholesale transactions. Wholesale has never been a part of our long-term strategy. Now with our production facilities all operationalized, we are seeing packaged cannabis products representing a much higher proportion of our cannabis sales. We expect this trend to continue. Our medical cannabis sales increased 44% sequentially, 
driven by a significant increase in our base of patients. Our sales have continued to increase, with June and July being our best months to date. As a result, we do not believe this increase in medical sales is due to COVID-19 pantry loading. We're excited about these results for a few reasons. A 44% sequential increase in medical cannabis is very significant, given that you are attracting patients one at a time. The increase also demonstrates the strength of our business model. Third, we believe that we can generate more revenue on a per-patient basis, a better product mix later this year, and also through the continued growth of registered patients. To that point, we reported 13,285 patients at June 30th. Today, that number has increased further to approximately 14,250 patients. On the adult use side, our revenues increased by 23%, again with sales increasing late in the quarter and continuing in July. For example, in July, our CBD oils were a top five oil SKU on OCS.ca. Through offering competitively priced high-quality extract products, we've seen a significant increase month over month in sales volumes in Ontario. Despite some price reductions on our simple products, our adult use gross margins improved sequentially by 7 percentage points. We attribute this to the benefits of our Paris facility expansion, which beginning in June, have seen us able to produce and package oil products more efficiently and at a significantly higher velocity using low-cost input material from our outdoor grow. As I said in Q1, Paris gives us greater breadth of formats, greater scale and automation and higher margins. It's gratifying to see this now being realized in recent weeks and we expect Paris to have a meaningful impact on our sales. Now the strong revenue growth in both markets was generated almost entirely by extract products which now have a strong supply of. We believe that the introduction of dried flour and cannabis 2.0 products in the coming weeks will likewise have a materially positive impact on revenue. Beginning with dried flour, our Niagara Greenhouse facility will commence perpetual harvest in September. We will be introducing a number of unique new THC cultivars into the market in various formats. We also intend to have a new pre-roll production lines operational at the Paris facility in concert with Niagara's first harvest. We are now growing several cultivars which are not available anywhere else in the legal cannabis market, offering us a significant differentiator. Moving to Cannabis 2.0, as we've said, we believe that offering a portfolio of differentiated new cannabis product formats is essential to our success. We've made significant strides in this regard, and like with dried flour, we expect to have new products coming to the market in the near term. We'll be introducing universal 510 vape cartridges, cartridges into the medical and adult use markets in Q3, Q4. This is a format that is widely sought after among both our medical patients and adult use consumers. Secondly, we expect to have cannabis-infused sublingual strips in market soon after, using the award-winning brand and formulations of the category market leaders in California, Kinslips. Kinslips carefully crafted blends of cannabinoids, terpenes, and all natural ingredients provides consumers with a discreet, consistent experience in a 10 to 15 minute onset. This format is available nowhere else in Canada. Coming after Kinslips, 
we plan to introduce additional formats likely led by confectionery edibles, soft chews and lozenges, produced in-house at the Paris facility. During Q2, we also completed planting of our 2020 outdoor cannabis crop across 66 acres at our Port Perry facility. The crop is progressing very well and we expect to commence a staggered harvest in October. During the quarter, we completed the construction of five additional drying buildings along with in-ground irrigation and nutrient feeding, which served us very well during the heat wave in July. We're very delighted with our 2019 results, but we see a lot of advantages this year from the additional infrastructure. Finally, I'll touch on COVID-19. While this has caused some delays in the order of hardware from third parties, by and large, we've been fortunate to not experience any significantly negative events due to COVID-19 thus far. We closed all of our physical clinic locations in March and have recently begun a gradual phased reopening of some clinics were permitted by provincial and local rules. COVID-19 also led us to accelerate the implementation of our contactless direct-to-door assured home delivery for medical cannabis. We recently commenced offering same-day delivery for patients who order products by noon on any business day. It's available throughout the entire GTA and surrounding communities, and we hope to launch in other major markets. Thank you. I'll now pass the call on to our CFO, Benjamin Ferdinand. Thank you, Jeffrey. One of the most important areas of improvement we saw during our second quarter was respect to our balance sheet. Between our operations, our settlement with Afria, and our bought deal financing, we've seen our cash and marketable securities increase to $57 million at quarter end. Given the prevailing global economic uncertainty, our cash position provides us with ample security and flexibility. Near term, it's allowed us to accelerate our plans to bring new formats and products to market much faster than we otherwise would have been able to. Additionally, we expect this to improve as we have completed all large capital projects. This quarter also showcases good progress as we transition to a sales mix that will ultimately be dominated by packaged consumer products in the medical and adult use markets. With the Paris facility producing oil-based products at large scale in June, we instituted a strategic price reduction in the adult use market that has seen a significant and near-term increase in sales volume. Despite this price reduction, which lowered our average net selling price per gram, our gross margins improved. This was due to significantly lowering our cost of goods sold per gram, coupled with low, outdoor, uh, low cost outdoor input materials and high margin, large scale production capabilities at Paris. That's evidence of our core competitive advantage relative to our peers and the sensible business model in action. We instituted a similar decrease in price in oil products in the medical market in Q1 2020 and now see this strategy positively impacting uh, through Q2 with a 44% increase in revenue compared to Q1 2020 and a 94% increase in medical revenue year over year. This demonstrates the value of our model. The price sensitivity of consumers is abundantly clear, which only reinforces our belief in our low cost high-margin production ecosystem across our three facilities. We generated positive adjusted EBITDA of $3 million, the third consecutive quarter of positive adjusted EBITDA. 
This compares to Q1, which had a positive adjusted EBITDA of 6.4 million, and Q2 2019, which had an adjusted EBITDA loss of 4.5 million. Our net loss improved to 4 million in Q2 compared to a loss of 6.2 million in Q1. This was partially offset by a 3.2 million write down on saleable inventory to net realizable value to reflect current prices in the market. It's important to note that our inventory consists almost entirely of shelf stable, saleable cannabis extract. We saw a modest increase in SG&A expenses as we operationalized three new facilities during the reporting period and also due to one-time legal and consulting expenses related to our bot deal financing, annual general meeting, and our settlement with AFRIA. Lastly, we announced that we had applied for an inspection made to secure EU GMP certification for a Paris facility. Also important to note is that the construction of our 60% owned joint venture distribution center in Germany has recently been completed and we expect our joint venture with the Acnos Pharma Company to soon be authorized to import and sell cannabis in Germany. This means that our joint venture would be able to commence operations and begin generating revenue in Europe even while we wait for EU GMP certification of the Paris facility. Operator, over to you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Our first question comes from Patrick Sullivan with 8 Capital. Your line is now open. Hi, and uh, thank you for taking my question. I just wanted to ask, uh, looking at the back half of 2020, could you provide a detail on how you expect your revenue mix to change? Like, what's the inflection point for adult use revenues um, starting to take increasing share from the, the wholesale portion? So we're uh, – uh, great question, Patrick. So uh, we're really optimistic um, uh, for Q4 for a number of reasons, is that uh, we've never been in such a great position uh, where we have all our assets finally uh, online and, and producing. So as an example, we are now flowering in, in uh, Grimsby. Uh, we are now, uh, the, the plants in, in Port Perry are looking great, and uh, uh, all our 2.0 formats are starting to come online. And I really view the business in four buckets. Uh, number one, uh, domestic medical. Number two, domestic adult use. Uh, number three, international. And four, uh, last but not least, uh, uh, wholesale, which will probably become less and less of our business. So. Uh, you know, the Q4 is uh, setting up to be a great quarter for us uh, because we finally have, uh, you know, self-sustained API input material. We're going to have several cultivars of, of cannabis uh, flower that we're growing in the uh, greenhouse uh, that are going to be unique high THC strains uh, that are very, very successful in uh, the uh, most markets uh, globally. Uh, and uh, which uh, is going to open up some tremendous opportunities for us in in adult use uh, and and uh, um, and or rec. Uh, furthermore, is uh, we continue to bring on uh, more patients as well. As you've seen, our numbers are increasing uh, uh, month over month. Uh, what we reported back in uh, June to where we are today, we've seen uh, uh, an increase of patients. So we continue to build our four. 
components to our business, but the two that, uh, are, uh, that we're most excited about is, uh, uh, is the adult use and, and ultimately uh, the uh, uh, medical because of the 2.0 formats and our own uh, self-sustained uh, 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 cultivation coming online. Uh, the one, uh, you know, uh, one that I'm going to, uh, that I think is going to surprise a lot of folks is going to be our international market where we're seeing uh, some uh, great opportunities there. Uh, with uh, our partnership with Acnos, as Ben mentioned, uh, we're very close now to our license in, uh, in, in with Alifia, Germany, and uh, that creates a whole bunch of opportunities, and we're starting to see uh, a lot of demand and a lot of uh, inquiries coming in from overseas uh, where we're positioned very, very well uh, with some of our uh, current relationships as well as some new ones that we're, uh, we're partnering up with. Uh, uh, so net-net, uh, we think fourth quarter is going to be a very strong quarter for us in the uh, other three uh, buckets uh, outside of wholesale. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Um, and I guess on to the, the home delivery service. So can you provide any insight? regarding what percent of the patient base is taking advantage of that? And of any of the new patients you've seen sign up, have any of them indicated uh, that it's basically specifically for that service? Yeah, that's another great question. So assured home delivery is something that we're very, very uh, excited about. Uh, so 25% of our medical patients today are using and are on the assured home delivery platform. Um, and that's grown from 20% and it continues to grow. And that's really a function of, of, uh, of really uh, one thing is our ability to service geography. So right now, uh, we're servicing economically uh, uh, the geography in the Golden Horseshoe. And if I consider the Golden Horseshoe, I would say that's uh, uh, kind of St. Catharines uh, to, uh, to uh, uh, Oshawa, as far north as Barrie. And, and what's powerful about that service is that you know, you get your order in by noon, and it's delivered that evening. So we think that uh, that puts us in a really strong position of convenience uh, to be able to offer our uh, our patient base, which uh, uh, you know the uh, you know if you look at the distribution of population across Canada, Ontario and the GTA bodes very very well for that. So we see that those numbers increasing tremendously. So I really want to let everyone know, and I, I like I love this feature about our business is that now. You know, uh, you can self-refer yourself at 9 a.m. to one of our, our, our clinicians, doctors, or, or nurse practitioners. Uh, by 10 a.m., you could be seen, scripted, heard, and scripted, sorry. By 11 a.m., you are registered. By 12 p.m., you place your order, and by, you know, 9 o'clock that evening, you get your delivery. So uh, we're excited about that, and we're going to continue to leverage our our, uh, our uh, supply chain logistics uh, uh, expertise to continue to grow that uh, across Canada with uh, other major cities coming online uh, in short order. Okay, great. Thank you for the detail there. And then one final one before I, I, I give up uh, my spot here. Uh, the 2.0 products, will they be sold under the symbol brand or are you looking uh, at extended the offering there? Um, and I guess what segments of, of the market are you, are you targeting with those 2.0 products? So we're going to target both the medical and adult use, but, uh, you know, because we're looking at a lot of formats uh, uh, that are, uh, can be used both in, in adult use as well as medical. Uh, so uh, initially you'll see some symbol uh, brands, 
but we are looking at other uh, brands that we're going to be bringing uh, uh, the 2.0 products under. Uh, you know, and, and uh, ultimately, uh, we're excited about our 2.0 strategy, and, and I think uh, our shareholders will be very excited about our 2.0 strategy uh, because uh, we, you know, second mover advantage. We like to, uh, you know, leverage our second mover advantage to look into the market and see uh, where all the activity is going outside of just flower sales and, and, and vapes. You know, we are uh, strong believers in concentrates for the adult use market. We truly believe, if you look at uh, what's happening in California and or Denver, and we're using them as kind of benchmarks in terms of trends, concentrates are a big uh, growing part of that market segment, and uh, we're going to be very, very strong players in concentrates. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Rahul Sarugasar with Raymond James. Your line is now open. Great. Uh, good morning, uh, Jeff Bendick. Uh, thanks so much for including me in the uh, in, in the uh, in question lineup. Um, so, just wanted to quickly start off, you know, on, on the revenue line. So, you know, we've seen a bit of it. Jeff, you mentioned that there was not a major impact from COVID, but I would assume that patient flow into the clinics would have been attenuated. So maybe you can just give us a little more color on on you know patient flow in the in the past quarter before we look forward and and you know and how that uh, has impacted the revenue. Uh, uh, ben, do you want to take that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks, Rahul, for for joining. So you know you know we've actually seen you know significant growth on on the medical side, um, and we and to just point. You know, not not necessarily COVID related. Uh, you know, our business model continues to 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 to, to demonstrate its, its value. Where you know, our, our, our where we continue to see, you know, although the foot traffic has been you know has been to your point somewhat muted, uh, we've still been able to grow the significant you know patient base. Um, you know, have a lot of patients, new new customers that have never ordered before, continue to order largely because of you know our, our you know the quality of our products, also assure delivery, which is which is a big selling point and differentiator. And uh, as we said, you know uh, you know June and July were our, our record record quarter, so we can we continue to see a very very strong trend. Um, then, then, sorry. So, I'm just then having a little trouble reconciling the the dip in revenue. Then, so could you maybe elaborate on that? Then, please. Uh, yeah. So, on the on the medical on the medical side, our revenue increased 44% quarter over quarter, and on the adult use side, increased about 23%. Where the dip came from from total cannabis revenue was a decrease in the wholesale portion of the business. Okay, thank you. That that I appreciate that. That that was the piece I was missing. Um, and so, then coming moving to the uh, to the to the gross margins, uh, there's also been quite a, a significant change in the gross margin. Uh, could you maybe give us a little bit more color on that as well, please? Yeah. So when we when we think about the margin into the you know three core segments, so on the medical cannabis side, we had strong gross margins of 41%. Uh, this is lower than Q1. But this was a conscious effort to make sure that we were getting our price points at, at the right level, and we're seeing that really resonate, you know, with our, our, our revenue growth there. On the adult cannabis use side, 
Uh, don't use side, we're at 37% gross margins. You know, that actually is an increase versus Q1. Um, and then we, and again, a, a, a lot of the product right now is our oils, which we're actually able to leverage our low cost outdoor grow and actually pass, pass not only pass those savings on to our, uh, onto our consumers, but also, you know, maintain and increase our margins. And then the, uh, the wholesale margins declined um, it declined to about 30%, and that is due to to the mix. Last quarter in Q1, a large portion of that was uh, it was it was all our outdoor grow, which has you know very very strong margins given the very low cost base. Uh, and this quarter was a mix of uh, of, of extracts uh, and um, and uh, uh, and and wholesale flour. Okay, great. Uh, that that's really helpful. And so, as we think forward, um, you know, given sort of the quarter to quarter variation in margins, you know, what should we be thinking about as sort of as a blended uh, traveling gross margin, um, you know, on an annual basis? Then? Yeah, I mean, we we don't kind of give specific guidance, but you know, you can use you know, I think this quarter is a, is a pretty good indication of of how to think about it. Okay, great. That's helpful. And then finally, my last question is, uh, Jeff, you did uh, speak about the international opportunity and, and, and uh, your excitement around that, specifically in Germany. Um, could you provide a little more color <clears throat> in terms of, of your strategy uh, with the German market, how you plan on, um, you know, uh, penetrating, particularly given that there is sort of mounting competition uh, from other incumbents in the space? Uh, sure, Raul. So, you know, with uh, our partnership with Acnos Pharma, and uh, we're working on a couple other significant partnerships there as well. Uh, I think one of the challenges that uh, you know, the uh, specifically to to the German market, uh, you know, the EU GMP authorities uh, uh, are, are are not easy to uh, um, you know not easy to deal with in terms of uh, of uh, you know getting oils and or flour approved. And uh, so as a result of that, uh, it's, it's, you know, some of the early entrants into that market uh, have products in there that are subpar, if you will. Uh, so as a second mover, uh, we have the ability of bringing in greater products into greater quality products uh, with higher THC, uh, which is in very high demand there, much better quality. Uh, so ultimately, we truly believe uh, that the quality of our product is going to be a, uh, a big differentiator in, in that marketplace, even if it were to get crowded. Now, I could tell you that a lot of these jurisdictions are starting to open up against, uh, uh, sorry, uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, allowing uh, cannabis for medical use, and uh, we're seeing that in, uh, in many new countries in intercontinental Europe uh, that are uh, inquiring and are in late stages of approval. Uh, so we think we're positioned very well by having uh, our facility up and running, uh, a beachhead there, and uh, uh, some great distribution partners and great distribution points that we think, uh, like anything else, leveraging our second mover advantage, uh, we really could be the come from behind kind of uh, uh, winner here. Okay, great. I really appreciate you uh, sharing, you know, uh, allowing me to share some questions today, so I'll, I'll relinquish my time. Thank you. Thanks, Raul. Thank you. Our next question comes from Bill Papanastasio with Canaccord. Your line is now open. 
Hi guys, good morning and thanks for taking my call. Uh, just had another question in regards to the international market. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to any impact COVID-19 has had on the German market and, and how you see you guys transition to you know the headwinds or the tailwinds uh, being experienced in Germany. My understanding is that there's a bit of speculation that there could be distribution delays from domestic growers and so forth. Uh, hoping to get a bit more color on that, thanks. Yeah, so I'll give you an update on, uh, so uh, the German authorities have, uh, have uh, been expediting the process uh, virtually with us. Uh, so I could tell you that uh, a lot of the uh, EU GMP certification uh, has really uh, been virtual for us and continuous, so we haven't really seen any uh, gap in, in, in that process. So uh, uh, that continues to move on and uh, is on schedule. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll be making some announcements in the near, near, very near future here in regards to that. Uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you're right about some of the uh, uh, cultivation uh, that uh, and, and the setup of cultivation in, in, in Germany has really slowed, and some of the uh, big players that we're all aware of have uh, uh, changed their strategies and pivoted from uh, uh, reducing. Uh, uh, human resources, both in sales and also in infrastructure build-out. So, you know, we think that we're positioned well, uh, again, because we're going to be bringing on some great cultivars and oils. Uh, and if you understand the process of, of EUGMP certification in terms of the process of getting product into the market, uh, proven shelf stability, and, uh, you know, again, certification, it's, it's, a, it's a long process. It's not an easy process. And for you, uh, if, you're, if you're in market like some of the current LPs are, they have kind of a, a skew base today, a flower base today. Uh, it, it's uh, something that they don't want to uh, or that they're not actually improving or changing on. Uh, so, again, with second mover advantage, uh, we're bringing in some. Uh, we're going to bring some new, innovative uh, opportunities that we think are going to trailblaze in that market, along with our uh, relationships. Uh, but you know, you know, again, the EU GMP certification really is a discipline for other markets in Europe as well. So we're seeing Poland, uh, uh, we're seeing parts of Italy, and uh, we're also seeing uh, 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 you know some other jurisdictions in. in in Europe really starting to uh, to light up. You know, the one thing about us is that, you know, we get invites and we get a lot of calls because we're vertically integrated in medical cannabis. So when a, when a country in the EU calls and says, hey, look, we're thinking about doing this, um, you know, we're a natural fit because we have clinics, we have doctors, we have records management, we have scripting uh, uh, methodologies. Uh, and now soon we're going to have product in market. So we get a lot of, uh, of calls and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we see that, you know, the U.S. is starting to really ramp up and, and uh, we're starting to see it become much more mature there. We truly believe the next frontier and possibly the biggest one is going to be Europe, uh, intercontinental Europe. And then second to that is Africa. And I could tell you that uh, we're positioned very well in both those markets. Okay, great. Thanks for that. And um, just one quick other question. Um, I guess shifting over to the rec market um, and the expectation of there being, um, you know, a higher inventory holding in the back half of 2020. 
I was just wondering if you could talk a bit more about your um, potential product rollouts in the dried flower uh, segment. Um, you know, there's been a, there's been a common theme of launching value-oriented product amongst the LPs. I was wondering whether the companies consider that, and and uh, if you could provide more color on that as well. Sure. So I like the uh, the value segment, but I also like the premium segment. So I'm first going to talk about the value segment. So uh, uh, I think we've been pr pretty clear to everyone is uh, in Port Perry. Uh, we're growing on about uh, 12 to 15 acres of high THC outdoor flower, uh, which is just coming in uh, very, very nicely. That's Della Haze and and uh, and uh, Pink Kush, uh, and uh, you know, in terms of taking that outdoor grow, and last year I think we were in the 10 cent range. I think this year at scale we should be uh, a lot less. Uh, we're going to take a lot of that high THC product and put it into pre-rolls and as I mentioned in my uh, in my discussion is that uh, we're investing in pre-rolls and we think that we're going to have a very strong value pre-roll brand uh, that we're going to put into market that I think is going to be uh, uh, well received both in price and in quality and uh, we're going to put in formats and size formats that uh, uh, that I think uh, are, are, are going to be uh, very, very well uh, received by the uh, adult use or rec user. Now, moving over to, to Grimsby, I could tell you that our, our greenhouse there and some of the cultivars uh, that we were able to bring in with that new license uh, are going to be top performing cultivars. Uh, and these are, these are uh, cultivars that are, uh, that are big in California, uh, um, we think we're going to get really great quality out of them, and uh, we think that uh, uh, we're going to be uh, uh, pretty low cost in, in terms of cultivation there, uh, you know, just because of the design of the facility and uh, the business processes that we're uh, operating under there. Uh, so we're excited about bringing those that flower into the market because you're absolutely right. The last thing we wanted to do was play in the middle shelf. The middle shelf is pretty crowded, and uh, you know we think that uh, we've been uh, given a great opportunity with second mover advantage to bring in some of these new cultivars that I think are going to be very, very exciting. Very exciting. Okay, great. Thanks for that. Uh, look forward to next quarter. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.